Blog Talk Radio. And here we go, ladies and gentlemen, another episode, ASWF Aftermath Live on the air, and we called this one The Journey Gets Bumpy, and boy, did things get bumpy in the Valiant Arena this past Saturday night as, you know, you just look at the different aspects of everything, especially that red-hot feud between D-Mike and Josh Cross, which really almost kicked things off there uh, at the Valiant Arena this past Saturday night. We did actually kick things off with uh, Bad Brad, or Brad, excuse me, as he now likes to be known. He doesn't like the whole Bad moniker anymore. He says that's not him any longer, which I would happen to agree with. Uh, You know, he comes out and he speaks from the heart about AD Sky, and that's exactly who we were there for this past Saturday night. So, I mean, first off, uh, welcome in, Cody, and uh, welcome back to ASWF Aftermath. And, you know, uh, and thinking back and thinking about Brad's speech, what did you think about it? I certainly thought it felt genuine, and I'm very impressed to see this change of heart from Brad. Well, Michael, I mean, you know what the saying is, you don't know what what you have until you lose it. And I mean the the genuine the sincerity that uh, Bad Brad displayed during her, his speech it made it I mean you couldn't help but actually feel feel for him you know and and feel emotion from what he he had said and the words that came out of his mouth and you couldn't help but believe it because I mean as of late it's like we've seen a change of heart in Brad personally in my opinion well and that's interesting but of course you know when you look at the things brad said and then of course out comes the original misfit and he just ruins everything as far as you know what brad had said he just completely you know disrespectful and you know he even blamed brad for his loss in the last man standing match like I'm, I'm, I don't quite understand that uh, aspect of the whole situation, uh, why you're blaming Brad. And I want to give a shout-out there to Aaron. Thank you for uh, watching ASWF Aftermath here on Facebook Live. But, Cody, I, I mean, Josh comes out, and he, he has a problem with Brad. Why address it at that moment? I, I, I can't seem to wrap my mind around some of the actions of the original misfit here recently. Well, I mean, Josh Cross is that. He is a misfit. Uh, I'm definitely not outspoken. 
but I mean, you know, if uh, I mean, guess I guess being in in Josh's shoes, if you if you think about it, you're just trying to address something and get it just out of the way. And he also made his intentions very clear at, at the same time. So I mean, if you uh, you know, depending on the intention behind it, I mean. He probably couldn't have picked a better time, I guess you would say, since he was already out there to confront him. And if he's going to confront him, why not confront him in front of in front of the uh, ASWF fans? Uh, granted, it well, seems like a personal issue, but you know. Well, and you know, Cody, that's the interesting thing. You talk about uh, Josh Cross, who's a performer, confronting a man who really had been front office and had been uh, a manager up to that point. That's all that Brad has ever been in the ASWF. And for Cross to confront him, I believe, was just out of the... uh, It was kind of mind-blowing to me, in a way. I don't understand that, and I don't understand his thoughts, and I don't think there's an excuse for it. But to his credit, you know, Brad wasn't going to back down. He even (coughs) said, you know, I'm not a competitor, but I'm a man. I'm not going to back down from you. And, you know, he certainly didn't. But Cross wasn't, you know, slow on throwing a right throwing a right hand there in Brad's face and putting him to the canvas. But luckily, uh, D-Mike was in the building and was able to break things up pretty quickly. Yeah, thank goodness for D-Mike. D-Mike was kind of a godsend in that situation because uh, I ain't no telling what the original misfit would have done to Brad. Uh had he have had D Mike not have made the save, you know. Um so I mean, Josh was furious. I mean, he's still, I guess you would say, salty about his loss. And I mean, you know I mean, the one thing, you know, if Josh wants to, to play that kind of game and blaming everybody for his loss, you know, we can kind of blame his loss for the same reason we don't have Brad anymore. But it was kind of a blessing in disguise because Brad seemed to, ever since he's, I guess you would say, since he's not here with us anymore, like, he's still here, but he's not employed by ASWF, and he lost his job, he seems to be a little more humbled. And you're absolutely right. Naren chimed in here in the comments section. She said, you got that right. Brad is a man. He is the man. Uh you know, certainly some kudos and some accolades uh, for Brad for, you know, showing up and doing the right thing uh, inside of the ASWF. Something we can't say Brad's done uh, a lot in his ASWF career, but definitely want to give him kudos for what he did, standing up for what was right. And, you know, uh, something to watch out for. Obviously, that set up the main event, but something to watch out for, you know, Brad went to shake the commissioner's hand, uh, Joey's hand, and if you noticed, he kind of backed away. It's going to take some time. That's the thing about it. It's going to take some time for that trust to get built, you know, back from the terrible, terrible things side of the ASWF since not only actually since he's been the co-commissioner or was the co-commissioner, but even dating back all the way, you know, think about it, 2016, 2015 with the infamous connection. Brad did some terrible things inside of the ASWF, and he understands that, and he understands he's got a lot of atoning to do for his sins that he committed inside of the Valiant Arena, but definitely uh, looking forward to the future here. Uh, 
unfortunately, you know, I wish this uh, current Brad with his new attitude change could stick around, but he is a man of his word, and he's agreed to step away from the ASWF. Well, I mean, you know, it's going to be different, you know, it's different anyway without seeing Brad there now that we have, uh, I mean, now that he's kind of had a, a change of heart, per se, um, you know, it's definitely going to be, you know, it's too bad we're not going to see a side of uh, Brad that we're not used to seeing anymore, you know. And you are right about that. I mean, that, that the thing is with Brad, it's going to be something that you have to keep your eyes on. You got to make sure that, um, you know, it, it, I'm sure a lot of fans are going to follow Brad and uh, make sure he sticks to his word. But, you know, this is something that's different. I believe that Brad will stick to his word, especially in conversations with him. He's definitely a changed man. But let's go ahead and get into the opening contest of the evening this past Saturday in which uh, Daniel and Justin Benson took on the newly minted tag team uh, Taco Hell with the ASWF tag team title shot on the line uh in the future, should the Vincents win? Uh, first off, uh, give me the fans' perspective. What were you? I, I heard a few fans uh, kind of enjoy that new tag team name. What do you think about the name Taco Hell for Cataclysm Man. and uh, El Rey? Well, I mean, you know, in a in a society where everything's a little, uh, I guess you would say, politically charged and stuff. I mean, it's kind of a good name. It's definitely a unique name of sorts. Uh, I I got a kick out of it, you know, when I uh, when I read the status that they were going to be known as Taco Hell, I mean, I immediately fell over laughing, sitting next to my wife, I showed her, and she just thought it was the greatest thing. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, what a better tag team name uh, than Taco Hell, I and, and for some odd reason, I mean, I can only imagine El Ray pitching this to uh, Cataclysm. And <laughs> I just I, I laugh every time I even think about the psychotic savior getting pitched the name Taco Hell for their tag team. But, uh, you know, well, serious, com- serious. Uh, uh, man, serious I mean, matter. Michael, sorry to interrupt. I mean, I, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall during that conversation to during the uh, pitching of the name. So, I mean, I don't know about you, but I would have loved to have seen the uh, psychotic savior's expression at that time. Well, and Aaron Um, uh, chimes in says, what a great name here in the comments section. And Brad, uh, bringing back uh, what we talked about at the start of the show uh, Brad made a good point. He said, I could have t- picked up. He did. I-, I saw him look directly at it during the matchup. And he said, but I chose to leave it there for the fans. A uh, very good point uh, from Brad there as far as that goes. But getting into the contest, you know, uh, the newly formed tag team of El Rey and Cataclysm, you know, the when El Rey cashed in the golden ticket, it appears like they got they caught Max Stone and Tyler Knight off guard a little bit. You know, it's kind of like going back to the football terms. You know, they didn't have film on these guys. So, you know, the uh, the jury's still out on how well Cataclysm and El Rey will work as a tag team. 
And especially in this one, you know, you saw some struggles in the opening contest here as the Vincents did pick up the victory, by the way, and will get a ASWF Tag Team Championship match in the near future. But um, tell me, what were your thoughts in the first full match uh, between uh, for Taco Hell here? Well, I mean, they definitely had a had an impressive showing for a, uh, I guess you would say, a second time teaming up. Um, it was definitely different. I guess you would say they had a great start, but in the long run, it wasn't a great start as as champions. Um, you know what I mean? I mean, you just you won the you won the titles, and then you turn around and your first match is champions. And uh, even though it was non-title, you, you still you didn't win. But at the same time, you're going against a team that is, you know, all their life. They've been a team their whole life. So, I mean, Taco Hell definitely had their uh, had their work cut out for them. And you're absolutely right about that fact when it comes to the Vincents. You know, it, it was going to be a tall order for Taco Hell to pull out a victory here. You're talking about two guys who have been together for what, you know, give them at least two weeks before uh, the New Year's show probably to prepare for cashing in that golden ticket. And then the weekend week in between so you're probably talking all of what maybe three weeks to a month that these two have been together and you're talking about uh you know over 20 years of experience being together knowing each other knowing each other's moves and things like that as uh justin and daniel have in their repertoire i mean it is it's going to be a tall task and you know that's going to be the interesting thing looking forward to this title match is can taco hell managed to bridge that gap in experience together. You know, obviously Cataclysm, a veteran of this uh, business, as well as the Aztec Warrior El Rey. So if, in one-on-one competition, you think obviously they have the advantage. Team, it just adds that special element of teamwork. And Brad, actually, I do want to say, chimed in and says, as crazy as it seems, he thinks Cataclysm may have came up with the name as well. Uh, he says the guy scares him, uh, Brad. I don't think you're alone. I think that cataclysm uh, lives in a lot of people's nightmares inside of the ASWF. But I mean, Brad, he's not wrong. I mean, for all we know, like I said, uh, for that for the for the name pitch meeting, like I said, I would have loved to have been in there to to hear that uh, personally. I mean, but it just went from. Uh, from hilarious to scary when you think about cataclysm pitching a name like taco hell that's just uh quite frankly a little frightening to think about that one just a dark room with just the two of them and then very little light and cataclysm doing that maniacal crazy laugh of his Ooh. i mean i don't know i mean you know, he is the psychotic savior, so I'm pretty sure, you know, if he did pitch that name, there is, I mean, just like you said, the maniacal laugh um, definitely is something, <laughs> I guess you would say, a, a sight to see. I mean, but uh, anyway, let's get back 
uh, like on the subject of the match again, the Vincens they were they were able to to I guess not necessarily say put down, but they were able to defeat uh, the tag team champions. And I mean that I, it's a very good start. They, uh, I mean the 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 Vincents if they can keep that momentum up, I mean. We may see new tag team champions, Michael. I mean, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, that's the thing. And, you know, in the description I put, can the Vincents be the critic to the new tag team champions, Taco Hell? And that's really almost one thing you've got to say. You know, uh, you look at a guy, going back to my football analogy, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes has run wild over the NFL this season. But, you, a lot of analysts are, you know, reserving their thoughts on his greatness till next year when teams have film on them to scout, watch what they do wrong, watch what they, you know, could possibly capitalize on. Now, think about this. Obviously, the tag team title match isn't going to be this Saturday. Uh, we've gotten most of the uh, matches that have been signed, and I know for a fact the title match hasn't been signed yet. Um, so think about this now it's going to be at least two weeks if not longer that the vincents can go back and now they have two matches one that the vincents won in and then the one that they that taco hell won the tag team titles on they can watch both films and they can absolutely dissect what taco hell does and you know uh, that can just spell possible disaster for the tag team champions. I, I mean, Cataclysm, obviously a former ASWF champion, is going to be no easy guy to defeat. And the same with El Rey, who's been around the business for quite some time, as I mentioned before. But, I mean, it's hard to... When you break it down, and we saw it in the match this past Saturday, you know, I, sectioning the ring off, you know, half in the cutting the ring in half, and keeping a guy in your corner. You know, this is something that the Vincents were able to do rather easily, you know, with Cataclysm and El Rey. You know, they they put up a fight, but that's something that we did not see come out of. That's not something we saw come out of Taco Hell's corner as much. So I believe technically, if we look at it technically, I believe the Vincents could pick up the victory and win their first tag team titles. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the Vincents, they, they seem to be prepared. They, uh, you know, again, with Taco Hell, uh, they were prepared against the tag team champions. Uh, one of them is a, uh, is a former heavyweight champion in his own right. So, I mean, you know, they were definitely – they definitely had, I guess you would say, had uh, Taco Hell's number in this in this showing. Uh, I mean, the Vincents have done nothing but improve. Uh, this week, it seems the uh, Titans of Violence were a little MIA. Um, and, I mean, you know, so the, at least the Vincents, you know, that's one thing the Vincents have had to worry about is this, almost blood feud they have had with the Titans of Violence ever since right before uh, even the Christmas show. Well, and you are right about that, Cody. Uh, The thing is with this whole situation, as far as 
the Titans of Violence go, whoever wins this future tag team title match will have to deal with the Titans of Violence. I mean, I don't know if you were able to catch Aftermath last week but uh, or watch Facebook, but, uh, you know, Heinzman was in the comments section very active, said, we have one focus, and it's the ASWF Tag Team Championship. Uh, that's going to be the thing that, you know, could be the ultimate test. Who has their eye not only on the current match at hand, but, you know, you've got to keep your eye two, three, four steps ahead, four moves ahead when you are a champion because there's always another challenger. Uh, challenge, in this case, uh, not challenger, but challenge uh, to be placed in your way next for that title. Well, Michael, we, we say it almost on a weekly basis uh sometimes several times on a weekly basis i mean you know the the climb to the top of the mountain you know it's a rough journey but what's harder than climbing to the top of the mountain is actually remaining on that mountain top and facing every challenge that comes your way i mean it's i mean it's not easy to win a championship but it's much more difficult to defend one and you are right about that, you know, and that that's the key here, you know, especially with Taco Hell. Now you got to ask the question, will the tag team titles, uh, you know, per, uh, strap a rocket to their back or will they crumble under the pressure of having to defend these titles? And speaking of new champions, I kind of want to pivot as in our second contest, we saw the brand new ASWF champion, Will Cage team up with the mistress of mayhem asa morta to take on the main event curtis dawn and the new evolution champion excalibur and you know we saw a couple things come out of this but the one that stands out to my mind is the biggest story curtis dawn is coming for the unhinged will cage and you know that's something that could be happening sooner rather than later I mean, Michael, there is a, I mean, there's no love lost between these guys. Um, you know, they've had competitive contests. I mean, shoot, they were just in the uh, in the triple threat at the Christmas show against each other with uh, then-champion Steve-O. I mean, these guys, there is no, no love lost between them at all. Um, you know, they seem to be thorns in each other's side, if you will. Um, so, I mean, uh, this, I don't see them to having any kind of reconciliation soon. The only thing I see between them two is just to continuing to beat the hell out of each other. Well, I mean, that's the thing, you know, obviously the ASWF championship top 10 rankings came out again this, and, uh, the main event Curtis Don, uh, in the one spot. Uh, Mark Wolf in the two spot, you know, that right there is a murderous row, just in the top two spots. Aaron uh, commenting in the comment section below said, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. It's time for the main event to become the main event. And that's the thing. This is really, in my opinion, the last glass ceiling that Curtis Dawn has got to shatter to be able to, you know, submit his legacy, quote unquote, inside of the ASWF. He's got to hold that ASWF championship. Oh, yeah. he. Uh, I mean, 
we've seen them go for the ASWF Evolution Championship when the Mistress of Mayhem was champion. He came up a little short in that uh, in that bout, but needless to say, he you know ever since he stepped foot into ASWF, I mean last April, last May, he's been nothing short of dominant. He's a he was a new face. Nobody had high hopes for him, not even the fans. And he's one in my in my humble opinion that the fans they need to watch out for. Uh because his ascension to the top is seems like it may be coming sooner rather than later. And you are right about that. You know, he's been a constant ever since uh losing that casket match to Asa Morta. He has been a constant figure in the ASWF title picture, and now he has. He's ascended to that number one cha- uh, contendership ranking in the ASWF championship rankings. Obviously, you know, <clears throat> match still has to be made in the future at some point. But, you know, in this matchup even, Will Cage and Curtis Don went back and forth. And that's the thing. These two, their styles were made for each other. A lot of people on paper look at Curtis Dawn and then look at Will Cage. Cage, obviously, the smaller uh, brawler of the two. And Curtis Dawn, Curtis Dawn is just out there to use his strength and his impressive athleticism to be able to wear you down. A lot of people on paper would look at that and say, Curtis Dawn's going to walk away with the ASWF championship easily. But you know, just like almost like Steve-O, I'll say, you know, the former champion, the will and determination, no pun intended, the will and determination of our ASWF champion, uh, Will Cage, is just, it's mind-blowing to me. The guy is, he's got no quit. He doesn't know how to he doesn't he doesn't know how to submit. He doesn't know how to, you know, he just doesn't know how to stop even when he's beat. Oh no, that and and that's the thing about the unhinged one is he is very resilient. He is very unorthodox. You know, most people they have a a certain wrestling style about them that you can pinpoint. Him he he's really well rounded, really well versed when it comes and he knows what to do at the right times when he feels the need to uh, to be up in the air and fly. He's flying when he needs to bring you to the ground. And, and uh, you know, I mean, I, I will give Will Cage this. He is very well-rounded and technically sound with every bit of his abilities. You are right about that, you know, absolutely. He's technically sound, and, you know, I've kind of done him some injustice comparing him to a brawler and things like that. Make no mistake about it, Will Cage will be able to get in there, and he'll lock up with the best of them, you know, and trade submissions with the likes of Insane Shane and Ray Ray and all those, and not quite sure what that means. Uh, Big man K Toomer in the... uh, and the comment section says soon. Um, I, uh, you know, never doubt anything that could be coming in the ASWF. I've been caught off guard before. I'm definitely something to watch there. But uh, looking at this, like I was saying, uh, you know, the thing is, he can. He He's a technical 
I guess you could almost label it as a technical brawler if you can even pigeonhole uh, Will Cage into a certain stereotypical fighting style. I mean, you know, I mean, it, like you said, it, it is hard to pigeonhole him into because he definitely, definitely has a has a style of uh, of his own. You know, it's a very unique style that we have seen Will Cage possess. And I mean, you know, he, the thing about the business of professional wrestling is it, it's evolved so much um, over the course of several decades. And the thing about Will Cage is he has this newer school wrestling uh, style, but he's tapped into wrestling styles of, of great technicians such as uh guys like Bret Hart um and Kurt Angle and such. He's he does his studying and that is why he is the ASWF World Heavyweight Champion right now. Yeah, he's definitely a student of the game in certain aspects. I mean you see you see aspects of uh the nature boy Rick Flair, Bret Hart you know, all great submission-based grapplers. You, eat, But at the same time, you know, you see elements of Mick Foley, Terry Funk, uh, you know, Japanese guys. The guy is exactly what you labeled him. He's a student of the game, and he's constantly taking all the greats and what made them great, and he's meshing them into his own style. And And Michael, I believe that, has worked for him thus far. I'm not going to take anything away from him because, like I said, if it's working for him, power to him. So he's got to be doing something right. He's he's the champ. Uh, well, he, you are right about that. He absolutely is doing. He's doing absolutely everything right as far as that goes. Uh, you know, I, you can't argue with uh, with results. And you're right. He is. He's got the hardware to back up his style. I mean, and I mean, me as a fan, uh, you know, I was I was so happy to to see somebody because Will Cage is very young, and I mean, this is a major title, and yeah, as we've alluded to earlier, winning the title is one thing; defending it is on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Uh, you're going to have to eat, sleep, and breathe knowing that there is a constant target on your back, and there's always going to be somebody gunning for you. Yeah, absolutely, and that's the thing about it. You know, we talked about it with the with Taco Hell. Now we got to talk about it with Will. You know, when there's when you knock off one, they just keep coming, and you know that's going to be interesting. Will the pressure turn this uh, piece of coal into a diamond or will he crumble under the pressure? That'll be something to uh, look out for here in the near future. But on the other side of this tag team contest, you had the mistress of mayhem, Asa Morta and Excalibur locking it up again for the, uh, I believe the first time since the ASWF evolution championship back at Christmas with the claws. And, you know, if you remember the details of how Excalibur took that title, 
completely just stomping the face of Asa Morta in. And then you look, and then what was it? I think we took a three-week break heading into the New Year show. And Asa Morta came back and said, hey, I may have uh, submitted, but I'm going to make you say I quit. And that's something, you know, this thing is far from over. Asa Morta obviously has a rematch clause that she is willing to exercise to exercise some demons, so to speak, on uh, on Excalibur. Excalibur may have opened Pandora's box. It may have been worse for Excalibur to actually win the Evolution title than if he would have lost that matchup. Well, Michael, let's put it this way. <clears throat> Asa Morta has won the title against the likes of the Suicide King. She lost it to the Suicide King, won it back in the rematch for the championship. Right now, she is... She's got a perfect 100% in rematches for the title. And so, I mean, that's something else Excalibur has to worry about is, hey, she's beaten the likes of the Suicide King. And, you know, he's just got to keep watch for that. You know, not only has she beaten the Suicide King, she's beaten Steve-O. She's beaten, I believe at one point she beat Insane Shane. I mean... The list goes on and on for people that Asa Morta has defeated inside of her Evolution title reign. And a very impressive list, you know. Now the number one ranked challenger, Curtis Dawn, is on that list, as we alluded to earlier in the casket match at the Halloween um, at uh, Halloween Resurrection. I mean, the list, like I said, literally goes on and on. And, uh, you know, he the betting odds have got to be in the favor of the challenger in this case whenever she steps back in that squared circle when she decides to invoke that rematch clause. Absolutely, Michael. I mean, you know, the odds are in her favor. Uh, let's just hope that she's able to to make Excalibur say I quit. I mean, you know, it. I mean, there is... Uh, I I don't know how to say it, but there is so much hostility right now between these two and bad blood that, uh, you know, should they face each other one more time? uh, I mean, that may very well end up being something uh, that she's not only wanting her title back, she's just wanting them to say, I quit. I mean, whether it's making him tap out, I mean, she that was a heavy message that uh she alluded to in in her um I guess you would say in her um what would you call it, Michael, in her in her mic spill. Right. Right. Well, and that's the thing, and I don't want anybody watching this or listening at home on Talk Radio forty nine to get the wrong idea. By no means am I counting Excalibur out. That's just a testament to how amazing the Mistress of Mayhem is. But by no means can you ever count Excalibur out. He's a Hall of Famer for a reason. He is the Evolution Champion for a reason. This guy is so cerebral, meaning he's always in his brain. It's 
Wrestling is almost like a chess match if you think about it for Excalibur. The guy is always wanting to remain one or two moves ahead of what you're doing, and that's what he's always thinking is one or two moves ahead. No wasted motion in Excalibur's offense. I guess you would almost say that I just believe that Asa Morta will come into the match maybe just a little bit more motivated to regain her Evolution Championship. Well, Michael, you got to think about it this way. You are right. Excalibur is very, very cerebral. He, uh, I mean, like you said, no wasted motion. There is a reason and a purpose behind every move he makes. He is calculating. He's cold. I mean, he is, I mean, he is, he's like a predator in his own way, I guess you would say. He's going to pinpoint your weakness and he's going to expose it. So, and when with that exposure, that's what he's going to use to his advantage to get the win. And that's exactly what he did. When he was unable to uh, make Asa Morta tap out in the submission match at Christmas with the Claws, what did he do? He switched gears. He remained calm, mind you. Think about this and remember what happened. He remained calm. And he just switched gears and went towards directly rendering her incapacitated and forcing the referee's uh, decision to call the match because Asa was unable to defend herself. Michael, you're exactly right. I mean, and the thing is, is that was a smart move on Excalibur's part because a lot of people, when they are frustrated, what happens when they're frustrated? They make mistakes, and when mistakes are made, you're, that gives your opponent the chance of a lifetime to capitalize on the mistake and said frustration. So with him remaining calm, that definitely kind of threw a wrench into Asa Morta's game plan, I believe. And you are right about that. Well, Cody, uh, in the next contest, we saw... Two people uh, make a return to the ASWF in uh, Action Jackson and Cassandra Golden, Chocolate City, as they like to be named, uh, called, as well as uh, MCB side made his way back to the ASWF, and Carter he teamed with Carter Matthews against the aforementioned Chocolate City. Uh, lots of high flying in this one, and uh, the win eventually goes to Cassandra Golden and uh, Action Jackson after the springboard blockbuster that action jackson obviously known for uh what are your well what were your thoughts in this contest well my thoughts in this contest were they were simple i mean we've already got one dominant female on the roster in aswf so to see a another one uh, with a completely different style uh and cassandra golden uh, you know, it made it all, you know, it definitely brought in uh, questions, I mean, of uh, how she was going to fare again in a uh, in a quote-unquote what they have said a long time ago was a man's world, um, you know, and the fact that we're now starting to see the uh, the rise of female talent in professional wrestling 
you know, keep keep watch on Cassandra Golden. She's doing good things right now in this company. And I mean, this victory is just one way is just one of those good things. Right. And you are, you're, you absolutely hit the nail on the head with that action. Jackson as well. Um, will be a force to be reckoned with, you know, continuing in the ASWF. And Carter Matthews now, you know, as impressive as his winning streak was, 4-0, and he's now fallen to 4-1. and How does Carter Matthews uh, pick up the pieces after this loss? Well, I mean, the, the one thing Carter Matthews has to look at is, uh, you know, yeah, he was undefeated against Action Jackson, but most you know, sometimes streaks get broken. I mean, you know, and it happens. What does he? What does he need to do? He needs to pick up the pick up the pieces, uh, change his focus a little bit on where uh, things may have went wrong in the match on his part. Um, you know, because you can't expect your partner to do everything in in tag matches. So you got to reevaluate what you could have done on your part uh, and use that to your advantage the uh, the next go around for your next match. Um, you know, there's a uh, there's a saying that that a, a lot of professional wrestlers say, and that is, you're only as good as your last match. And so, I mean, uh, you can't get let that loss get to you. You just got to pick up the pieces and move forward. And, and I think that right. is what Carter Matthews needs to do in this situation. And you are right about that. And, you know, speaking of winning streaks, or, well, I don't know how much you can call this a winning streak. He was 1-0 and against the guy. But, you know, winning streaks being broken, uh, C.J. Jenkins comes out and he's flaunting, you know, his victory over uh, the Suicide King, Ray Ray. And, you know, now he's uh, decided to call himself Mr. Hall of Fame 2K19. Uh, first off, what's your thoughts on C.J. Jenkins at this point? You know, a, a man who definitely isn't lacking confidence, for sure. He's already he's already nominated himself for the Hall of Fame class this year. Come on now. Well, I mean, definitely, he is definitely not short on confidence. Um you know, he was there, and then he was gone for a while, and he came back, kind of had a, uh, I guess you would say, a new mean streak with him. But, I mean, you know, he he has got, he does have a technical victory over a Hall of Famer right now. And you are right about that. And, you know, uh, that's exactly what he came out to do. He came out to, you know, flaunt and you know, gloat about his previous victory, uh, what, it'll be two weeks ago this Saturday uh, against uh, Ray Ray. And, uh, you know, he said, hey, I'm going to, I can beat anybody. I'm going to issue an open challenge. And, <laughs> you know, much to his chagrin, uh, out comes Ray Ray, and they were ready for round two. And this thing, you know, I, a majority of this matchup, let's be honest here, uh, was Ray just taking uh, CJ to the woodshed? Just be honest here about this one. I mean, any disagreement on that? 
No, not at all. I mean, Ray was very dominant in the match. Unfortunately, with that dominance uh, came, I guess you would say, Ray kind of lost his cool. I mean, it was like he envisioned uh, insane Shane on C.J. Jenkins' face. And, I mean, just went to a ground and pound with elbows, reminiscent of elbows and forearms, reminiscent of the uh, way Shane had done Ray Ray a couple weeks ago. Well, and you're absolutely right about that. And uh, I want to say hey to Steve-O, who's active in the comments section. Uh, nice to see you uh, here on ASWF Aftermath. But, you know, talking about Ray here, the guy, it seemed like every time C.J. Jenkins was able to kick out or C.J. was able to escape a submission, and trust me, I mean, I, I need us to get into this here, talking about, uh, you know, the improved submission and striking game of Ray. Let's be honest here. I mean, when was the last time you saw Ray throw a leg kick or a Muay Thai knee? This guy, I mean, it appears this guy's getting some training. Uh, and, you know, I guess he's trying to prove the old saying wrong in this case, as well as send a message to uh, Shane that you can teach an old dog new tricks. And, you know, uh, Brad said it was almost like we saw CJ bring out the Suicide King side of Ray. And, you know, that did kind of harken back to that dark side of Ray, you know, especially when he started dropping the forearms. Uh, you know, there was just, there was no stopping him. It seemed like something triggered inside of his mind. The guy went to a place that, you know, that you didn't want to follow him. And there was, there was no way to pull him out of it without hurting somebody. Well, Michael, that is exactly right. You mentioned, uh, you know, this is kind of a new style. We have seen uh, this Suicide King adopt. Um, and I mean, the thing is, is when you've got an MMA fighter that seems to just be gunning for you, the best thing you can do is kind of learn the style that they're picking up, um, in order to try to pick up a little survival, uh, skill against them. And that's exactly what, uh, you know, CJ was able to do. Uh, you know, he was able to pick up this victory not because he was, you know, the better athlete that night or, you know, in that matchup, but pretty much just because he was there and he got the bar beat out of him. So, you know, the ref almost felt sorry for him. But, you know, Ray did. He absolutely ignored the official, blatantly kept dropping those forearms uh, right into, you know, right on target one after the other. If CJ doesn't have, and I didn't see him listed on any sort of uh, injury uh, list this week, but, you know, how that man doesn't have a broken orbital socket, I'm not sure because every single one of those elbows landed directly on that man's eye socket. It was brutal. That it was, Michael, and uh, I mean, that needs to be one of the lessons to learn is you got to watch out because when, uh, I mean, you bring out that Suicide King side of, of Ray Ray, you, it's like a whole different person. 
And uh, when he snaps, I mean, the best thing to do is just get out of his line of sight. Well, and, you know, going back to this improved striking and submission game, all it does is make Ray even more dangerous than what he was before. It makes him even more deadly than what he was before. I mean, let's be honest. If anybody in the ASWF has an assassin's mentality, short of, uh, obviously, the infamous hitman uh, in St. Shane, it's got to be Ray. I mean, this guy, um, this guy is absolutely ready to go at any time. And his main goal every time he steps through that curtain is when he's in that suicide king mindset. It's just it's to hurt somebody, it's to maim somebody, and you know he doesn't care if you walk out of that ring. He, it's a dark, dark, recessed part of ray's psyche and you know it's a scary place when he goes there exactly that is a place in his mind that he taps into and that is one place that you don't want him to tap into it is um like i said it becomes uh i guess you would say i would say hell on earth when he taps that out because uh I mean, he was angry. I mean, he was furious, uh, you know. And, I mean, that was obviously the case because he went from, you know, just wanting to, you know, have a match to now he threw the rule book out the window and just wanted to prove his point across and it's you don't mess with the, with, with, uh, the Suicide King. Well, and I mean, uh, looking at the other aspect of this match, you can guarantee this Saturday night that uh, Mr. Hall of Fame 2K19, uh, the undeniable C.J. Jenkins, is going to be coming out wanting the fact that now he has two victories over an ASWF Hall of Famer. Um, Where do you see C.J. going from here you know, obviously, besides to heal up over the past week, hopefully he has been able to. I'm not sure uh, if he's going to be there this Saturday night in the Valiant Arena, uh, but where do you see CJ going from here? Because, you know, no matter how you pick up a victory, it's still impressive to have the Hall of Famer on your resume. Um, I mean, you know, if, they say to to be the man, you got to beat the man. And I mean, Hall of Famers are Hall of Famers for reasons. Their accolades and and such are untouched in this in this industry. So to, I mean, you know, I mean, what's CJ gonna do next? I mean, he's shy, he's technically as of right now, and he's undefeated against Hall of Famers. Well, and that's going to be the interesting, you know, uh, does CJ, you know, make a point? Will we see more Hall of Famers go on his list of victims uh, heading into the anniversary show where, you know, we're only a few weeks away from uh, starting to release our class of 2019 for ASWF Anniversary 20. So definitely something to look forward to. But, you know, CJ thinks he... CJ's almost – CJ claiming the Hall of Fame at this point in his career 
Do you remember um, Chad Ochocinco with the Cincinnati Bengals? That's who I think about when I think about C.J. Jenkins after that performance this past Saturday. But make no mistake about it, you know, we can laugh at C.J. and everything, but this guy, he's a competitor. And, you know, part of me wouldn't put it past C.J. to have intentionally pressed those buttons to be able to get the victory the way he did. I mean, Michael, there is no telling. Um, You know, in in professional wrestling, a win's a win no matter how you get it. Um, You know, and I mean, some people call them fluke wins or cheap wins. But, you know, at the end of the day, the W is the W. Well, and obviously, in case you missed it, once again, uh, C.J. Jenkins picked up the victory this Saturday, or this past Saturday, uh, disqualification from the elbow strikes. You know, really, as much as it was an unpopular decision, and trust me, that referee got booed outside of the arena uh, there in Tuckerman, as much as it was an unpopular decision, let's be honest here, Cody, he left the he left the referee no other choice. I mean, he literally gave him every chance he could in the book to stop and uh, adhere to the rules. And you know, when Ray gets in that, when Ray goes to that suicide king place, you know, in his mind, there's just there's no reasoning with him. Exactly, and I mean. Uh, regard for the rules in in that place of his mind, I mean, it goes out the window. And it goes out the window quick. Um, So, I mean, you know, the ref, I mean, he did his job. He did his job the right thing because if he was to continue to let Ray beat down on him, I mean, we may not have an undeniable C.J. Jenkins with uh, with the way those shots were being thrown. Yeah, that uh, that Hall of Fame induction he wanted may be posthumous or uh, after he passed away, ladies and gentlemen, for those who don't know what that word means. Uh, you know, definitely. I mean, Ray was out and he was going to continue beating on CJ until, you know, until he felt good and ready to be done with it. And, you know, uh, our guest at the top of the hour is going to be the uh, CEO of Infamous Inc., the infamous one, Double J. And that's the thing, you know, his uh, insane shame, something he's going to have to pay close attention to. And I know Jay. Uh, I know Double J. He he definitely was watching that very, very closely. And he made sure Shane was watching it too. And you can guarantee and we'll talk to him about it, like I said, at the top of the hour when he joins us, but you can guarantee they received the message loud and clear uh, Saturday night. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, uh, that look on Ray's face while he was beating C.J. Jenkins, that was the look of a man who's out for vengeance, a man who I think's just completely lost it. Or if he hasn't lost it, then he's on the brink of it. 
Well, and here's the thing, though, that a lot of people haven't looked at. Uh, You know, just like I said, I wouldn't put it past C.J. Jenkins to intentionally have been pressing them buttons. The infamous one's a smart, smart, very intelligent individual. One has to wonder, is this all part of the plan that the infamous one's going to let Ray ruin himself? You know, uh, by pressing these buttons with Insane Shane. You know, right now it's obviously having a negative impact on Ray Ray's career. Uh, You know, dropping two uh, matches here in a row to CJ Jenkins. It's obviously having a negative impact when he's being forced to slip into that mindset. Is this all part of the plan for the infamous one? Um, personally, my, I, I don't know the answer to that question. The only one that actually knows the answer to that question, or the only one or two, is the infamous one and Insane Shane. Well, certainly a scary thought, and one that, you know, could very well backfire on the infamous one. You know, he may find himself in hot water should Ray catch him uh, alone anywhere. But a man who usually doesn't travel alone or without a pack of security nearby is the infamous one. And he'll be our guest right after these messages, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to ASWF Aftermath right here on Talk Radio 49 and Facebook Live. I don't know what you had in mind, but here we stand on opposing sides. Let's go to war. Are you looking for the best deals for your vaping needs and accessories? Then check out the guys at sub Vapors. With daily specials on a wide selection of mods and juices, they will surely become your one-stop shop. Ray and the guys at sub Vapors located at 6929 JFK Boulevard, Suite C in North Little Rock, Arkansas, want to see you. Join them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, but more importantly, visit the store or call 501-392-6487. sub Vapors. Vape it like you built it.
And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the second hour of ASWF Aftermath. Obviously, joined in the uh, booth here with Cody, our fan, and my co-host, Cody. Uh, wonderful first hour, but now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know, without further ado, we have the man who can give us the answers, Cody, the infamous one. What do you think about the infamous one coming on here to ASWF Aftermath, Cody? Well, I mean, it's it's no secret. Me and him have uh, definitely had a rocky, uh, I guess would say professional relationship as far as ASWF Aftermath goes. But I've got to keep it professional. Uh, the infamous one, uh, kind of like we mentioned about Excalibur earlier, very cerebral, always has his eye on the prize of some sort. And, uh, you know, I guess you would say manager of champions. You are right about that. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, the CEO of Infamous Inc., the infamous one, Double J. Hello, Michael and Cody. How are you all doing tonight? Doing good. And yourself? I I can't complain. Um, Doing very, very well. I was listening... uh, just a few minutes ago, you was talking about the guy that you call. Y'all want to call him a suicide king? Uh, I, I don't see him as a king. I see him as a loser. I see him that uh, is called Ray Elvis Ivy. And I don't see him, and not taking a much away, but it seems like something's really bothering Ray. And y'all sit on here on this podcast and Y'all talk about being scared and bringing something out. We're not scared of Ray. We're not scared of his tactics. We're not scared of this suicide king that y'all talk about. And, Cody, uh, let's get into what you was going to ask me, and I was listening. What do you think about us, talking about me, me saying Shane, getting into the mind of the Ray Elvis Ivy? You know, how's it, you know, and I know in some way, some fashion or form, this podcast can make it way to the airways, to that little bitty ears of his. I want to ask Ray on this podcast as an advocate, now as an athlete, as an advocate speaking for Shane, how's it feel when somebody's playing games with your mind? How's it, how do you feel when the tables are turned on you? And how does it feel in your mind, Ray? When you're so upset and so can't, and your mind's so dysfunctional, you can't even think straight that you have a mid Carter wrestler beating you not once but twice. I mean, Michael, he's you know, is uh, he's got a point. He he certainly does have a point. I mean, you know, we we kind of I don't know if you heard us before we went to the break infamous one but we you know I posed the question is that the plan is that your plan to get in his head and you know trigger the suicide king to come out is that what you guys are wanting Michael the, he can bring whatever he wants to bring out he can bring out this so fakish whatever character he wants to bring out there's something I want to tell you, educate y'all to. And I want you to think about this. And I have to educate this over and over and exercise my rights because nobody seems to think about that Ray has never beaten my client. 
Ray has had to go underneath the mask to attack my client. And there's one thing Ray is so, and that's where his sister on Facebook and his mother doesn't understand when I address them on Facebook. They're saying that because that's their brother or their son. I understand. But, you know, when he's been hiding in the closet for so long, so many years, it still hasn't came out. And finally, when it's revealed, it will be revealed soon about some things that needs to be come to light. He's never been an MMA champion. My client has held championships in the MMA division. My client also has held some titles in the ASWF. That's something that nobody in the ASWF has ever done, and that's my client. And that's insane, Shane. He held he has held titles in the MMA division. He's the only wrestler in ASWF history to ever accomplish that. And that's what Ray is so jealous about. Either he's the good Ray everybody cheers for, or if he's the bad Ray they cheers for. It doesn't matter who you are. He's still Ray Elvis Ivy. He carries this every day on his chip on his shoulder, knowing that my client is always going to be better than him. He's always going to be on top, and we're looking down at him. And you know what? He should never put his hands on me. He would never be in the situation. Now the spotlight's on him, and we're in his head. We're in his life, and we're not leaving anytime soon. So he can make an example. When we was coming out the curtain, let's go ahead and, and phrase this. We come out the curtain to greet him, to show him that my client's not afraid of him. He wanted to try to make an example of a mid-card wrestler. And then he was so furious, he was trying to show him he could fight. <clears throat> you know what? You've never been in the sport of martial arts or the MMA ring, or excuse me, cage fight. Right? You couldn't carry his jock strap. And I hate to take away so much. Yeah, there's so much disrespect going on here on this podcast tonight because I don't care if you're a Hall of Famer. I don't care if you held these belts in the ASWF or wherever. But let me allude to another thing. There was a show at Rumors, Bars, and Grills, and my client, at the end of the night, we was coming into the back door and coming in to find Ray, and all of a sudden, exclusively, the security stopped us, and you see Ray running into a vehicle to get away very quickly. So that shows you how scared and how confident we are Michael, that Ray Elvis Ivy is being hunted by the infamous Inc. and infamous Insane Shane. And then, you know, Ray has nowhere to run. And this Saturday night, I want to let them know right now, I invited them on Facebook, Patricia Ivy, if you can hear my voice, I'm on ASWF Aftermath. You want to come on here and defend your son? That's fine. I got something I want to address to you, too. And your little his little old sister that he didn't talk to in five years, you want we want to go get a personal level. I wanted to let her know that the number is three four seven nine eight nine eleven seventy one. The infamous one is on board, and we're listening right now. And we're talking to Michael Carnahan, the voice of ASWF, and the fan Cody. Bring yourself on right now. I dare you. You know, infamous one. One thing you know, I do have to give your. Uh, infamous hitman as i call him uh credit for you know as much as we said ray showed new wrinkles in his offense shane also showed a new wrinkle in his uh offense as well in his matchup against the king of punk uh elvis allen you know using the side choke to pick up the victory and then of course locking in the infamous choke so you guys could uh 
claim your trophy, so to speak. But, uh, you know, uh, you got to give it up to him. Uh, Cody, I do have to, you know, give Shane a pat on the back. This is going to be one thing that Ray, Ray may be making a mistake going after him from an MMA perspective. And the reason why I say that, Shane's been trained in MMA for a multitude of years. Ray doesn't make mistakes. Ray's very calculated. But this is one time where I'm kind of worried about Ray. Well, I mean, Michael, I can't, I can't say I don't blame you. I mean, um, I mean, infamous one. If you're still there, your client before he was a professional wrestler was an MMA fighter, correct? Uh, it's not. A, I'm, I'm, you, you're not as dumb as you look. I mean, as you speak, so that is correct. I mean, I mean, so I mean, you got to think. How, the Suicide King Ray Ray has been a wrestler for 16 plus years. Insane Shane. I mean, I've looked at YouTube fights all the way back to like 2008, I believe, uh, of MMA fights with Insane Shane. So that's 11 years of MMA fighting. So, I mean, you know, if Ray's trying to bring an MMA fight to Shane, I mean, and this is no disrespect toward toward Ray Ray because I don't want to feel his wrath, but I mean his chances aren't looking too good right now. Can I can I ask you something, Bo? Why are you so afraid of a guy, and you're afraid of some kind of wrath or 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 some kind of tactics? What is what is what kind of what kind of oppositions or, or Michael, are you being paid to be the maybe his advocate or something to speak for the voice or something of uh, Ray? I mean, what are you two afraid of? Why are so many people in the past afraid of this gentleman? <laughs> I mean, well, nothing but a person. Well, I mean, we've seen the myself, attacks. He's ca- yeah. Just speaking I mean, for myself, like Cody was saying, you know, we've seen what he can do. I mean, Ray is a very intimidating individual. Uh, you know, Ray can do a lot of damage. And, you know, that is something that, you know, I believe even you and Shane know. I mean, y'all saw it firsthand this past Saturday night. At the end of your matchup, when you guys were gloating over uh, the King of Punk, Elvis Allen's defeated uh, body, you know, out came Ray, and you guys got out of the ring quicker than I've probably seen you two move before. So, uh, I mean, it looks like at least Shane and possibly you at least respect him enough to realize that he can do some damage. Uh, I'll be honest with you. It's probably just a thin paper hair's respect. I can care less about Ray. I can care less what he's done for the ASWF. There's one thing he's not done. He's not beaten in St. Shane's. And we can gloat and gloat and gloat and come on about that all we want to. It's, it's, it's been seen on video, and, and we, we, we've talked about it over and over and over. And Ray came, you talking about Ray came to the ring, we hopped out. I've noticed to my scene that Shane was getting the better best of uh, you all want to call the king or, or whatever. We was absolutely just giving him a little, little wake-up call. Shane like, hit him a couple times, and we was like, we're done with you. We're getting out of the ring. We're not going to sit here anymore and have to play with child's play. I mean, we already beat the guy from 
down the road, and then and then we beat a guy named y'all keep. I don't know if Joey Britt's book. I mean, I'm whatever it is who's booking this is giving us guys that hasn't even have enough ring time for my client, and it's just making easy steps to show Ray, hey, look, we're on top of this mountain, we're in control of this, and you're so jealous you're trying to climb and trying to destroy something you would never destroy. We're two powerful people, and that's me and then St. Shane. And I can gloat all night long and build, build, build. We know that if you do the math like Cody's been doing his homework, bravo to Cody, being the fan that he is, doing the experience in wrestling and and MMA. But you combine my client's wrestling abilities and his MMA, right 16 years ain't nothing compared to what St. Shane's is. Well, I mean, Jay, I would completely agree with that. But now, I mean, I do. I have to pose the question, what's your end game in all this? Uh, what do you plan to accomplish? What is your goal here? Uh, is your goal to just ruin Ray's life? Like, what is the end game of Infamous Inc. in dealing with Ray right now? Well, these waters that we're fixing to tread in is very, very deep. So get your waders on, Michael. And Cody, because I don't want to tread too deep into this because it'll tread into waters that have overspilled into somebody's pond. Because we want to, don't want to do anything, open up the book of 2018, because y'all always in the, living in the past tense. You two just, I was listening and then just brainstorming here. Y'all want to talk about the past. Ray's done this in the past. Ray's done this. You're, this, this guy that comes out called the Suicide King is so scary and, and uh, and he's done this and all that, do this, and be afraid. There's one thing, though. This is present time, and he's not defeated or even put a light fear into me or Shane. And this present time, that's what he's so clawing and digging for and just burying. <clears throat> but you're, not, you're not dealing with the past. You're dealing with the most powerful manager in the state of Arkansas a powerful person that owns Infamous Inc. And I got the right man for the right job, the client of 2019, 2018, and so on and so forth. And that was what is what's driving Ray. And Ray's going to get hurt. And I'm going to let you all know, and I keep saying this, and you all think I'm just talking, talking, but proof has been proven. Any show he's at, he's been, he, like I said, at Rumor Bars and Grills, he was scaring for his life and security stopping us to get to him. And then this show here, you know, it's just that time and time again, we, I've even got pictures on my uh, my fan page. So if everybody wants to see that infamous one uh, fan page on Facebook, I have proof where my client has taken trophies of many people like D-Mike and like, and, uh, excuse me, uh, Ray Ivey, Elvis Ivey. I don't call him the king because he's – what's he king of? He ain't king to nothing. We kinged him like checkers, you know. We've been, we've been laying him out. Cody? I mean, um, I, I mean, you can't argue. You can't argue with that, man. I mean, he brings up a very good point on that. I mean, he literally has photographic evidence of the trophies that him and his client have, uh, have collected over uh, recent months. If you will, can I can I ask you all something? Can I ask one of y'all something? I don't know who's in control or what does what. I think it's Michael. Why don't sure. we in the future? 
why don't we in the future have a good professional podcast? Let's see if you can get this Ray Elvis Ivy on the podcast, and let's have him go one-on-one talking to me, have a special edition of ASWF Aftermath, because I understand that he's not very good on the microphone. He can't really talk without a, you know, with his mouthpiece in his mouth or whatever it is. Excuses, excuses, right? It's time to grow a set or wherever you are. You know, it's a day-to-day basis. You know which bathroom you're going to use. I mean, it's time to man up and talk to me as an advocate. I'm not an athlete. I would like to have a podcast with him and talk to him. Let's both get our thoughts on both 50-50 because I've been dominating ASWF Aftermath and talking about Ray and talking about the good key points about Ray Elvis Ivy. Why is it have how why is it not Ray ever came on the podcast, Michael? Why is it Ray ever took up for anybody? Because you know why he's self conceited about himself because he don't know what to do. He's so beat up because he can't beat Shane. He don't know in his right mind or if he was in a worse mind time frame. He don't know what's going on. So I want to know if he can. You one of y'all could reach out to this idiot and see if he can get a clear mind frame and see if he can talk on the radio and without foul language and losing his cool, and I will be giving my word. And let's have a special podcast of ASWF Aftermath between the infamous Inc. with the Insane Shane on board and talking against uh, Ray Alvisabi. Well, I mean, that's certainly something that would be uh, to behold and something we would love to work to uh, get would be uh, Ray Ray to come on here with you at some point. Uh, I know in the past, uh, Ray, usually, you know, is very hard to get a hold of, especially here recently with you and Shane's attacks on him and things like that. I mean, this is one guy that I know is just completely focused on one thing, and that's to destroy uh, Shane and yourself, infamous one, uh, you know, you're talking about we're going to need a ton of security here in the studio should you uh, come here. You just, you could be in some trouble. I mean, I, I'm not sure what would control uh, Ray, but I'll tell you this much. Uh, it would certainly be a interesting podcast, to say the least. Uh, Cody, I know you'd definitely be on board for that. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, Michael, if, if that was the case, it'd be hard for me and you to take control of this podcast with, with uh, both these forces colliding, that's for sure. Well, you are. before we go any further, I would never, I would never come into the uh, in the studio. I would always call in, of course, because I don't want to be seen or in the in the same waste of space of airways of that of that guy. But uh, I'm gonna get off here. I got a lot of things to do. I got a lot of things to go over with Shane this Saturday night, ASWF Valiant Arena, bell time 7 p.m. At some point in given in time, we will arrive at the arena. Me and my client is on this search again looking for Ray Elvis Ivy, and this time it's gonna, gonna, not going to stop us this time. Nobody's, and i got something I want to address before I get off here. Just like Ray, just like Patricia Ivy, just like his sister, they're always a no-show family. They don't ever come on here and want to address or take up or say anything on a podcast. Like I said, the number is 347-989-1171, and nobody has ever called in. So I, for the infamous one, my time is up. You guys have a lovely night. Infamous Inc. is out. Well, and Cody, I mean, it's going to be hard to disagree with a lot of the things he said. You know, 
especially talking about uh, Shane's MMA background, uh, talking about a lot of individuals, you know, and especially Ray, you know. This is something I, you know, in a candid moment, I'm going to, you know, say that I am a little bit fearful for Ray in this case. You know, even in MMA, they say stick to what got you there. Ray, there's no substitute for experience. And Ray's obviously going to give up the experience edge heading into any sort of, should he try to go the MMA route and try to uh, use MMA striking in a uh, wrestling match against Insane Shane. That's just going to play right into Shane's game, in my opinion. I mean, Michael, you're you're very right on this subject. I mean, you know, Ray doesn't quite have the MMA experience, but the thing is, is Ray concerned? I don't think so. I think I don't the think only thing he's concerned, concerned with... Ray. I think the only thing he is concerned with personally is getting his hands on Insane Shane and maybe Double J. Yeah, definitely. I think he wants his hands on Double J for some of the stuff uh, Double J's been saying about him. But we're going to go ahead and switch gears here. Uh, You know, this past uh, Saturday, there was also a fatal four-way match. The greatest gym known to man, Max Stone, took on Tyler Knight and Grayson Beckett, as well as Heinzman, were also, this thing was a fatal four-way contest. And the, you want to talk about a barn burner, I mean, a, a little Grayson Beckett, the essence of ratitude, as he likes to be called, bouncing all over the arena there, you know, the springboard forearm. Uh, and, of course, Max Stone and Tyler and I just went at it all over that arena. I... I this thing, the talent inside of the ASWF, definitely impressive. That's what I take away from this matchup. Uh, you know, that's my first thing that comes to mind when I think about this fatal four-way. You know, all four individuals just completely tore the house down uh, this past Saturday. I mean, I'll give all four individuals credit in this match. They were all different shapes, different sizes, all different styles. We've got uh, one half of the Titans of Violence um, um, who is going solo. I mean, his main focus was destroying anything in front of him. And then you had uh, Max Stone and, and Tyler Knight, or Sir Sir Tyler Knight, uh, to, to correct myself, mm-hmm. wanting to get their hands on each other. Max Stone definitely not forgetting about the uh, the uh, chair attack implemented on him by Tyler Knight uh, right after they had lost their tag team championships to Taco Hell. And you're right about that. I mean, that's something that will take a while for Max Stone to uh, forget about, you know. But Max Stone finally able to get his hands on Sir Tyler Knight for the first time since uh, that chair attack. But I tell you, you know, the guy who definitely stole the show in this matchup, uh, Grayson Beckett, uh, going against, you know, that that little man has no, absolutely no fear inside of him. I mean, I tell you, I looked at the other half of the Titans of Violence in the eye uh, during that battle roll, and I about needed a new pair of pants. So definitely props to the essence of gratitude for that one. 
And, you know, props for picking up his first victory inside of the ASWF. Definitely a major accomplishment for the young man. I mean, I'll give him credit on his victory. It was, I mean, it was a very unorthodox and very questionable victory. But Kid has done his studying. And it's one of those that, hey, why not capitalize on uh, on wounded opponents, you know? I mean, Max Stone hitting that uh, that spinning kick um, to Heinzman. And, I mean, you know, that was – I mean, had had Grayson not have picked up the, uh, the right moment at the right time, we could have seen Max Stone pick up the victory in that match. You are right. I mean, and that's the thing about it. You know, Max Stone, uh, Grayson Beckett in the right place at the right time to pick the bones from uh, Max Stone. Max Stone, though, you know, when you think about it, Max Stone really wasn't in the right frame of mind in this matchup. Uh, I mean, all he was thinking about, even after he uh, hit that kick on Heinzman, uh, you know, all he wanted was to get back at uh, Tyler Knight. And you know, this is something that's going to come to a head and it's going to come to a head really fast. The greatest gym known to man is not going to rest until he just absolutely tears Sir Tyler Knight limb from limb. Oh, absolutely, Michael. I mean, you know, and I can't blame him. Uh, this is uh, This is one of those situations where you know, all, all Max Stone is concerned with. I mean, you he eliminated himself from an opportunity uh, for a world title shot last week just so he can continue uh, the attack on Tyler Knight. The fight ne- didn't even stop after the match. I mean, they fought their way, uh, I guess you would say, almost to the back of the Valiant Arena and pro- were probably still fighting back there, too. Yes, you are right about that. They fought all over that arena, and uh, I'm pretty sure they probably they probably just beat the crap out of each other even after the show. Uh, I mean, this thing is not going to end until one of these two is either on the injury shelf or <clears throat> they obviously can't wrestle anymore because... Neither one of them want to give up. Neither one of them, you know, both of them are strong-willed individuals. And speaking of strong-willed individuals, uh, D-Mike and Josh Cross met in our main event of the evening. Obviously, recourse from the beginning of the show with Brad. Uh, D-Mike, you know, uh, back and forth. Uh, back and forth. You know, at one point, Brad even came out to just to make sure that Josh wouldn't bend the rules. Because let's be honest, Josh would bend the rules. But, you know, just when D-Mike was about to hit that Kinsasha knee strike and just finish it off, the running knee strike, just to, you know, finish everything off, it's put a lot of the ASWF competitors down, including the infamous hitman, Insane Shane, uh, Cross intentionally gets himself disqualified with an intentional low blow right in front of the referee. I I mean, first off, thoughts on the match, Cody. Very impressive from both individuals. I do have to say that. Very impressive performance from both individuals. I mean, Josh Cross, 
a big guy that, um, you know, he's a big man that moves like a cruiserweight. We've got, uh, we've got D Mike who has been nothing short of impressive since his debut. Let's talk about, I mean, this, this, I guess you would say this rivalry has been broiling between uh, Josh Cross and D Mike uh, ever since D Mike's came into the ASWF. I mean, Josh Cross, uh, you know, Joey Britt, uh, you know, told Josh Cross, "Hey, if you could beat somebody, you can you can be here in ASWF. You can stay here, and your contract will remain intact." Who was it that stepped up, D Mike? That and was his so, very first match in the ASWF was the original Misfit. So for both of these men to face off again, it's like it's coming full circle. And you are right and, about that. You know, that's the thing about it is Josh Cross, you know, and we kind of got a throwback to that actual first match because remember the contract that Josh Cross signed States that he cannot be disciplined in any way. It's ironclad. He can't be fined. He can't be suspended. Anything. He can't be fired for his actions. And I don't know if you caught this, but at the very end when he was walking out, he looked over at Commissioner Britt and he said, fire me. I dare you. So Cross is I mean, well aware of what he's doing. Oh, yeah. And he knows that with that contract, he's pretty much He's untouchable, I mean, by management at least. Um, The one thing he's got to be concerned about, though, is, I mean, yeah, even though he is untouchable by management, I mean, he is not untouchable by the State Athletic Commission or anything like that. And, I mean, we've seen what Brad has done to to Ray Ray in the past. I mean, Josh Cross's actions could very well land him in that same – in that same boat, I mean, Michael, you never know. And that is a very interesting uh, assessment. I'm not sure if the uh, Athletic Commission would look into anything like that, but uh, certainly I can tell you this much. I'm pretty sure that D-Mike would rather nothing happen to Cross and D-Mike be able to be the one to uh, enact vengeance upon him. Oh, absolutely, Michael. I mean, D-Mike, he's he's kind of laser-focused on the original Misfit right now. And I mean, you know, you, you can't blame him because, I mean, a victory over the original Misfit, that's a, that's almost, that's staking your claim. You are right, you know, and that, you know, is it's exactly what it is. It's staking your claim. It's, uh, you know, propelling your name into the ASWF championship, into the upper echelon of the ASWF championship rankings, into the upper echelon of the evolution title rankings. I mean, a win over the original Misfit would do wonders for uh, D-Mike's career. But, you know, one of the um, probably uh, most forgotten aspects is Brad. Uh, Brad coming out there, and he made sure to have D-Mike's back and made sure that that Josh Cross didn't step outside of the rules uh, and intentionally, you know, po- po- intentionally maim or hurt D Mike severely. So you got to give him credit I mean, for that. I mean, Michael, I you you do because I mean, 
if uh, I mean, if Josh Cross had his way with anybody, his intention is to hurt, to maim. I mean, he has that killer instinct, and there's a reason he is the original misfit. He's a former uh, ASWF champion. I mean, he... And those are just some reasons why. I mean, he has that killer instinct, and that is what you need to to succeed in professional wrestling. Um, Courage, strength, and all that. But he's got to, you know... D-Mike has to factor in, hey, you know, this guy, he could end my career if he wanted to. So that's one thing he's got to watch out for is, uh, you know, the cross driller. And, and uh, I mean, so if I was D-Mike, that's one thing you got to watch out for. And because Josh has been known to to get a few certain shots in that the referee would not approve of and one of them being the same shot that landed him a disqualification this last week well and i mean that's the thing here playing into it you are right you know uh josh is known for you know bending the rules so to speak uh and brad isn't <laughs> going to be there this saturday night you know now brad's gone brad's obviously stepped away he's a man of his word He's going to continue to be stepped away. So now D-Mike does kind of have to worry a little bit more. Uh, he does kind of have to worry a little bit more about what Cross can do and what Cross is going to do uh, should they meet again. Because Cross then won't have to factor in the fact that Brad's out there supporting D-Mike or making sure watching D-Mike's back like D-Mike did for him earlier in the night. I mean... That's true, and I mean, again, it's definitely uh, concerning for anybody involved in that in that rivalry, especially on the other side of Josh Cross. I mean, you know, not saying he's a bad guy to to have by your side, but he's definitely a guy that you've got to be leery of when you're standing standing across the ring from as well. And you certainly are right about that, but. Uh, Cody, it looks like we're pretty much out of topics. Uh, is there anything else you want to cover before we go ahead and get the fans ready for this Saturday night live at the Valiant Arena? Well, Michael, if you don't mind, uh, I was asked um, by management earlier. Um, mm-hmm. You were out of office, and I came to uh, you know I came to office to kind of discuss a few things with you about the show. And management asked me to plug the ASWF Training Academy. Uh, right now they're having enrollments uh, Saturday at 1 o'clock, I believe, uh, over the next uh, few weeks. Um, so, I mean, if you've ever dreamed of becoming a professional wrestler, a manager, an announcer, I mean, there is no role too big or too small in uh, in professional wrestling and uh, ASWF's Training Academy is uh, is the place to do so to help your dreams come true. I mean, you can contact the ASWF Facebook page um, for more information, or you can contact uh, uh, Sarah Rowland, and she'll give you more information on the uh, on the Training Academy. Well, we certainly do encourage everybody make your dreams come true. 
and chase after those dreams uh, by joining the ASWF Training Academy. Uh, world-class trainers and, you know, an excellent staff that'll make sure that you get the best training in professional wrestling and make sure you uh, achieve everything you absolutely can inside of the sport of professional wrestling. Uh Cody, I certainly look forward to seeing you this Saturday night at the Valiant Arena there at 201 Highway 367 North in Tuckerman, Arkansas. As we continue our uh, journey down the path to the anniversary show, anniversary 20, not much further away. No, and Michael, that's, um, you know, we got to give the fans, uh, you know, pat on the back, kudos Without the fans, ASWF wouldn't be one of the longest reigning independent wrestling shows, I would say, of all time. I mean, 20 years, some of them barely crack the 10-year mark. Let's, and ladies and gentlemen, the show continues to grow. Let's make it grow even more. I mean, Ring of Honor was just a basic independent show. Now look at how big it is. Ladies and gentlemen, if we can just tell everybody, if we can pack that arena where it's standing room only, I mean, who knows? The sky's the limit. We've been there 20 years. Let's make it 20 more. Absolutely. But, Cody, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, come on out. 201 Highway 367 North this Saturday night, Tuckerman, Arkansas. Come and see what happens next with the infamous one and Ray Ray and Insane Shane. Uh, Come see what's next for the ASWF champion, Will Cage, and the rest of the Manai. But just make sure you're there. $5 to get in the door. Kids six and under are free. And also, while you're there, if you want to make your dreams come true, make sure to inquire about the ASWF Training Academy. For my wonderful co-host, Cody, I'm the voice of the ASWF, Michael Carnahan. Good night, everybody. Good night.